What is up, Fantasy Forecasters listeners? I wanted to thank you guys for tuning in again this week. Uh, it's going to be me, Blair, and Billy tonight. It's going to be a fun episode. We're going to be going over our top 24 consensus rankings that can be found on our website, ffbforecast.com. You can go to our website and check them out. If you're watching on our YouTube or on our Twitter, uh, it's also going to be on the screen. So you guys can watch it on there. If you listen on the podcast and you want to see them on our website, you guys can tune into our YouTube or our Twitter. Uh, Blair, how's your day going, man? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. How about you guys? I mean, it's going good. I worked 5 a.m. to 2 today, 2 p.m. It was a long day, uh, but I'm glad to be home, relaxing, talking fancy football with some of my yeah. better friends. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I got uh, an update done to my Superflex rankings on the site, and I've been working towards uh, my auction values for for redraft. I got a few big money big money leagues going to not till September, but auction's a lot of work. So I just uh, been trying to lay the groundwork early and hopefully I'll be as prepared as ever this year. I say auction drafts are tough. It's really hard to prepare for it. I've always learned it's better to not spend, even if it's like the first 10 players, just hold the money and you'll be reaping the benefits by the end. But uh, Billy, is there anything going on in your life, man? Yeah, man. I just got done UFC last night, double fight week. It was a very, very long week. I finally got back to the winning side, had a huge parlay hit last night. Uh, Some girl had spinal surgery, so the read was – but the odds didn't reflect it. Uh, She had spinal surgery in February, so we took the other girl's side. And she ended up getting the second fastest submission ever in female history. So it was a big cash out night for the boys. <laughs> I mean, that sounds pretty smart to bet against the girl who just had spinal surgery. Yeah, nobody knew that, though. I got that nugget literally oh, probably like two okay. or three hours before the fight. We went live talking about UFC and stuff, uh, one of my friends. And uh, threw that nugget out there, had the three-leg parlay, hit, and we survived till next week. I already placed my bets in <laughs> for next Saturday. So uh, a lot of UFC in my life this summer. I love that. Um, UFC has been turning up here recently with, with uh, Fight Island. Uh, yes. I wish that they would fight outside, but I understand since it's crazy hot over there, they would literally be dead by uh, the third round. So, <laughs> But um, Billy, uh, we had a lot of fun on the uh, the dynasty force podcast last week uh mine and blair's team actually pulled out the victory over your team in the fantasy feud it was a lot of fun robert was the host of it blair did his game show host voice you blew the lead <laughs> at the end and my team ended up winning uh do you kind of want to tell the listeners about uh what all we did on that episode yeah for sure uh we did fantasy feud it was kind of set up uh, Rob had people, some of his friends, and I think some people from the industry, uh, take a survey, fill it out, and then uh, set up the same exact way as Family Feud, just a little bit different. Uh, it was pretty fun, um, even though I blew a couple questions at the end. I kind of <laughs> like the uh, setup, how everyone was just with everybody all at the same exact time, because I didn't know, honestly, that StreamYard allowed you to have uh, more than six people in one uh, stream at one time it's actually eight or nine and they just change it that week of so i didn't uh, even know that so it was pretty fun yeah we should definitely do something like that again and, uh right before the season starts no it was a great idea and a ton of fun for sure yeah 
I would say, Blair, you were you had it a little rough at the beginning. I think you went oh for your first four, um, <laughs> but you turned yeah. around at the end. And really, <laughs> you are you are a catalyst of our comeback. So I thank you uh, for pulling out the victory. No, it, uh, it 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 felt great. That's for sure. <laughs> and I was thinking maybe we could play like Fantasy Jeopardy or something like that. I feel like maybe that's our next uh, next game that we're going to play. I feel like that'll be pretty fun. Uh, we should do more, our uh, Wheel of Fortune. I think oh, the more the more fun stuff we can come up with for the listeners, the the better. If it's fun for us, I think that uh, the the people listening are going to vibe with that too. You know, so here's hoping. And I was about to say, Billy, do you want to tell our listeners where they can find that episode? Uh yeah, Dynasty Force Pod. You can follow Rob at Fantasy Force uh, on Twitter, and then my name is Getting Bills on Twitter at the bottom of the screen right there. Between one of the three accounts, you'll find the video. Uh, I'll have it as a pinned on my uh, profile, actually. Let me do that now. I was saying, Robert, I know, is uh, sponsored with Anchor, so I know it's on Anchor. Um, you guys also have your YouTube channel that they could watch it there as well. Um, so it's a lot of fun, and I would very much recommend watching that episode. Uh, we played Fantasy Feud. So uh, make sure you go check out the crazy comeback that the fantasy dark side had over the Gardner Minshew stance. Like that was your guys' first mistake, to be honest. Oh, man, we'll get in the Gardner later on. In this episode. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, it's the pretty nice episode. We're going to be going over uh, our quick question and then the consensus quarterback ranks the top 24 on our website. You can go check them out and follow along there. It's also on the screen. Um, the first, uh, quick question is which offense would you rather own in fantasy football? The Atlanta Falcons, which has Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Hayden Hurst. Pretty stacked. If you ask me or the Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, OBJ, Jarvis Landry, and Austin Hooper, uh, Blair, which side would you rather have and why? Now I took the Falcons. I think that the Falcons are going to have the the highest volume of the two teams that at the end of the day, they're a, uh, they're, they're a team that's a lot closer to uh, 60% passing or the Browns. I, I expect them to be a lot closer to 50, 50 this year. So I think based on, on that alone, I'd rather have the, the Falcons guys uh, for, for fantasy, but I do think that the Cleveland has some things going in their favor too. I saw that uh, uh, according to fantasy pros, the Cleveland has the easiest strength of schedule uh, for the passing game, and the the Falcons actually have the hardest. So hmm. I I'm definitely very much into the the volume being the number one driver of fantasy points. But I do think that if the uh, if the Browns do a little better than I'm expecting them to do, that that it, it could uh, easily flip to the other side. I love that. And those are all really good points. Uh, did it sway you uh, either which way, Billy, or uh, which team are you choosing? Um, I would choose the Falcons, but Detroit Beastie brought up a very good point when we were talking about Matt Ryan on our show from a couple weeks ago. He said Matt Ryan always has an on-year, off-year, on-year, off-year, and this year is definitely due for an off-year, so proceed with caution, but I would definitely get yeah. the Falcons side. Oh, gosh. I mean, you always got to watch out for 
curses like the Madden curse or uh, the on-year offer yeah. that Matt Ryan definitely has <laughs> if you go look at his stats, and it's crazy, yeah. but it's true. Uh, flavorize this. Uh, one of my buddies, Steven, uh, he said, Falcons have a brutal schedule in playing in the NFC South where all the games seem to be shootouts. Yeah, so it kind of offsets. It's going to be a shootout, yeah. but, I mean, it's going to be a it's going to be a hard schedule for sure. Um, I'm going to, I guess, be the lone wolf here, and I'm going to choose the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I could have thrown Cream uh, Hunt in there, but uh, I chose not to because we were just going with the starters. The Browns' offense is stacked. They, their problem last year was their offensive line not being able to protect Baker Mayfield. He was always on the run. Nick Chubb was getting hit in the backfield more often than not, and he was still uh, almost the NFL's leading rusher in rushing yards. So that gives credit to him. Uh, they added Jack Conklin, and they drafted uh, – one of the – he was the Alabama uh, offensive tackle. I can't remember Jedrick his name. Wills, yeah. Yeah, him. And he's a monster. So their offensive line is going to be a lot better than what it was last year. Uh, add in another year for OBJ, and that's – and I just feel like he has to take a step forward. Adding Austin Hooper, giving him the biggest contract for a tight end in, in NFL history, you know he's going to be able to step up to the plate. Especially with Kevin Stefanski, I know that he's going to be able to scheme – pretty much everybody open. He's going to set everything up with the play action. They're going to run, 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 play action with Baker Mayfield. And I I think it's going to be pretty nice, especially for the fantasy numbers all around in that offense. Um, so it was two votes for Falcons, one vote for Cleveland Browns. Um, I'm kind of surprised. I was hoping one of you guys would go Cleveland with me because, uh, you know, we were all were buying Baker Mayfield last year. So maybe he's going to take a, take another I'm step forward. Baker this year too. I definitely feel you. Yeah, I think if there's any player out of the uh, the entire list that I'd want to own, it would probably be Jarvis Landry. He, he seems like he's underrated every single year. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he outscored Beckham again this year, even in a, a slightly different offense. And uh, Steve says you guys are killing it, having fun watching, and tons of good info. Thanks, man. We appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. <laughs> Um, he is the writer on the Dynasty Football Digest. Go check out all of his articles on there. He's a really good writer and a very good dude as well. Um, but we're going to be moving on to our top 24 quarterback consensus rankings, uh, the main segment of the show. Uh, if you're watching on our YouTube or on our Twitter, you can see it on the screen. We're going to reveal it one by one. Uh, this is a six-point per touchdown rankings. Uh, so take that into account. But the number one guy, we all put him as number one. You could see our individual rankings for the player. He is our consensus 1.0. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes. Blair, was this pretty much the easiest choice you ever made? Yeah, for for Dynasty Mahomes, he just he has everything uh, written all over him that he, uh, that he's going to be a 15 year Hall of Fame caliber quarterback that you're going to have a top five QB every year for a long time. And I agree with that, especially in Dynasty, where we like long-term security. And he definitely just got that wrapped up this offseason. Yeah. Uh, we were all were pretty much expecting him to get that contract extension. But 10 years, I don't think anybody even expected that, even for <laughs> the elite talent Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. But we're going to be moving on to our second guy. Um, Blair, you uh, ranked him number four, at least in these rankings. I know you updated him, so uh, we're going to be talking about that. So I think he's number two in your new rankings. Um, so, yeah, yeah but uh, Billy, it looks like you ranked him as your number overall two prospect. We were talking about tiers uh, before the show. Is he still in your tier one or, or is Patrick Mahomes by himself? 
Uh, I have Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson in tier two, but my tier, I mean, my tier one, but my tier two isn't too far off from my tier one. Um, I think there is a gap, though, between Jackson and the rest of the guys. Yeah, and I agree with that. Uh, I think uh, Lamar Jackson is uh, overwhelmingly the number two. Um, I wouldn't say there's a big drop off, but in points per game differential, uh, Mahomes and Jackson really give you the opportunity to win weeks um, every week, to be honest with you. Um, But let's move on to number three. Uh, and it's Dak Prescott. That might be a little bit of controversy. Um, a lot of people are choosing between Dak Prescott and Kyler Murray in a lot of startups. Um, a lot of people like Kyler Murray because he's the young asset. He has the legs. Dak Prescott has them, but he really doesn't use them overall that much, so that really kills his fantasy upside. Um, he doesn't have that long-term security just signing his franchise tag with uh, the Dallas Cowboys and he's probably going to get franchise tagged next year. Maybe. Maybe they let him go to free agency. Maybe they re-sign him. Um, Billy, what do you think what's going to happen with Dak Prescott? Do you think he's going to get that contract extension, or do you think that he's going to keep getting franchise tagged? Oh, I have no idea. I'm not in the business of uh, playing agent or not agent because I probably would say <laughs> yeah until how much Patrick Mahomes got paid. <laughs> Oh, and Shane, one of the forecasters, one of our buddies here, he said Blair ranking Lamar fourth should be punishable. I was, that was give it, giving it some uh, thought myself, and I almost uh, almost thought the same way. <laughs> oh, man, Shane, we miss you. Shout out Shane Sklidaney. Uh, he is my co-host of uh, the Dynasty Vision, which appears every Monday, so check that out tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, yeah like that's kind of how I feel. I did. Um, I did move Lamar up to to number two when I sat down to do the rankings today. Part of it was uh, was the contract situation with Dak, and I think at the beginning it was um, probably overcompensating a bit for for the injury risk of a guy like Lamar. But uh, what you were mentioning about Dak not necessarily using his legs as much, I think. Lamar is just so crazy with how he's reset expectations of what a quarterback can do rushing that Dak is, I I don't have the the stats in front of me. I haven't looked anything up, but he's got to be a top five or six rushing QB in the league that compared to a guy like Matt Ryan or Stafford, or even, I feel like even Aaron Rodgers, maybe that Dak's going to have a higher floor because of the rushing yards than all of them. And with how, stacked Dallas is looking now after the draft with the O-line, everything. I saw Dak as another guy who I think, you know, has a solid 12 or 15 years left in the league. Whereas Lamar, I think um, may not have that longevity, but again, in dynasty, it's so hard to project things out. Things can change so much that I think that the, uh, the league winning upside that Jackson brings, he, he just has to be number two. Yeah. And I agree. Lamar Jackson's a man among boys out there sometimes. He's juking out and running past grown men. And uh, it's quite impressive. Um, But let's move on to number four. That's Kyler Murray sliding just barely behind Dak Prescott in our consensus rankings. Um, Half of us had Dak above Kyler. The other half had uh, Kyler above Dak. So it's going to be interesting to see what it looks like. Um, in our last consensus rankings before the season uh, starts here in August or September. Um, But right now we have Kyler Murray as our fourth overall quarterback. 
Um, I wonder if we're giving him the same kind of boost that we gave uh, Baker Mayfield last year, and we're hoping that he doesn't burn us like Baker did. Because uh, if you remember, Baker Mayfield was being drafted as a top five dynasty quarterback because we all expected him to take that big bump forward, just like what we're doing with Kyler. But Kyler offers a lot higher higher floor just because of his rushing ability. And in that uh, Cliff Kingsbury offense, it's going to be really hard for him not to succeed fantasy-wise. Um, let's see. It looks like, uh, Billy, you put Dak above Kyler. Do you still feel that way? I do still feel that way. Uh, only because Dak Prescott's just the model of consistency. I would say, uh, last year he finished number two for passing yards, number two for most completed air yards. And he only had 30 passing touchdowns and you can only say 30 and they added so many weapons in the off season 30 it could definitely go up to 35, and Dak has basically the same exact rushing floor as Kyler because he was top 10, as Blair said, in uh, carries and top five for red zone carries last year for quarterbacks. So I'm pretty still high on Dak Prescott. Uh, Kyler's got to prove it to me this year. Yeah, I was say it looks like I have Murray over Dak, and it looks like Blair, you have Dak over Murray. I um, do. I, I actually moved Kyler down to number six in my uh, in my ranking. Still in the same tier at the with Wilson and Watson, but exactly what uh, what Billy just explained. I kind of uh, now that the uh, the hype settled down from the Hopkins trade and everything, I I think that that Murray is so young is an awesome thing working in his favor but just proven year in year out elite guys like Wilson and Watson I thought it was a bit unfair to project Kyler ahead of of his floor which I think is is sixth or seventh but I think he has to uh he has to prove it I, I have to see it before I want to be ranking him ahead of guys like that yeah and I mean, you're right. The The hype whenever DeAndre Hopkins got traded was out of this world. Um, it has cooled off significantly. I know a lot of people are still valuing him as a top four, top five quarterback. Um, but let's move on to the next one to kind of see uh, where this next tier is at. And we're talking about Russell Wilson. Um, I feel like he's kind of very similar to Kyler Murray, just more proven and uh I mean, because they both have the same style of play. If you put them on next to the screen, they look about the same. If you were to switch jerseys, you would think they were probably the same player. Um, and it looks like Russell Wilson comes in as quarterback consensus five. Uh, I'm a big fan of that. He's been linked to a current free agent, all pro wide receiver, Antonio Brown. Ooh. If they add Antonio Brown that offense, he could easily vault up the quarterback three behind Mahomes and Jackson just because they'll have A.B., Tyler Lockett, and D.K. Metcalf. It's going to be hard to stop that. Um, I really hope they sign A.B. Maybe it's going to kill D.K. and Tyler Lockett's value, but it really is going to bump up Russell Wilson and kind of make that offense maybe a pass-first offense for the first time in a very long time. Um, and that's good for Russell Wilson's fantasy perspectives. But, Blair, what's your opinion on Russell Wilson? Do you think yeah. that uh, he's more of a – good NFL quarterback or do you think that he's going to provide a lot of fantasy points as well this year yeah I, I think getting that third wide receiver weapon in the offense would just make it that much more viable for them to start passing the ball more I, I do think they're a team that likes to establish the run a lot more than than an Andy Reid team would but my goodness uh if if Russell did get a third weapon yeah I, I honestly think he's as good of a real life 
quarterback as Mahomes. They're just utilized different by their coaching staff. And at the end of the day, Seattle's won a Super Bowl and been to another playing that that style. So I'm not going to disparage them too much. But I do think that uh, that Wilson has some uh, some underrated upside with, with how good he could be. That at the end of the day, if Russell Wilson was throwing 600, 625 passes in a season, he could 100% be the quarterback one next oh, next yeah. year if he had uh, if he had another top weapon in the passing game. Yeah. I'm going to say he's crazy efficient with the low volume that that offense brings to him. The Seahawks uh, are top five in rushing attempts every season, it seems to be. Um, our boy Robert, who couldn't be on the show tonight, says, Trey does not know football. Blair and Billy should run the show. <laughs> hey, man, I could sit back and relax for us to show if you guys want to lead me, lead the blind over here. Um, but yeah, Robert, good luck on your house showing. He, uh, him, his fiance are looking at houses tonight. That's why he couldn't come on. So good luck. Hopefully you guys can find some good places. And a friend of the show, Detroit Beastie, says, hey, hey. Hey, Beastie. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, Detroit Beastie. Hopefully you uh, you enjoy our quarterback rankings. And uh, we wanted to thank you for coming on uh, the uh, the uh, Dynasty Force on our Fantasy Feud episode. Uh, it was a lot of fun playing against you. Um, and thank you for giving us the victory. But... Uh, Let's move on. It looks like our next quarterback is uh, Deshaun Watson. He is our quarterback six. I feel like after the top six, there's that big drop-off, uh, at least in the general consensus. Is that kind of how you feel, Billy, or do you feel like there's still some quarterbacks left in this current tier? Um, I actually have Deshaun Watson ahead of uh, Kyler and Wilson in this tier only behind Dak Prescott only because I feel like Watson has the capabilities of being the number one rusher on his own team, which you can't say for the rest of the people in this top area. And if Watson ends up being the leading rusher on the Texans, God, I can't imagine he still hasn't shown that number one quarterback season but it's definitely in his uh, whelms of outcomes. And I feel like uh, we don't really think about it anymore because he's in his third season now, third or fourth season. Um, he was drafted with Mahomes, so I think he's entering his fourth season. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what he's going to look like without DeAndre Hopkins. He's leaned heavily on DeAndre Hopkins throughout his entire career. Um, will Brandon Cooks be able to step up, or will it be more of a – team wide receiver room because they arguably have the deepest wide receiving room in the nfl kiki qt is like their wide receiver five right now um so it's going to be interesting to see just what that target share is going to look like because deandre hopkins was the target monster there do you yeah. think that he's going to take a step back this year blair or do you kind of think he's going to be the same old deshaun watson no, fantasy wise not i don't think so i i don't hate the move of going from having a stud wide receiver like that, that the quarterback relies on to a more balanced approach with four or five different weapons. Now, I, no, nobody is I, me the same likes the value that they got in the trade for Hopkins, but to keep that separate, I think that that stills is an underrated receiver. I think if cooks is healthy, we all know what he could do. That's just the, the big question mark with him. Right. And mm -hmm. think that, you know, Randall Cobb had a really underrated season playing in Dallas and he'll probably be playing the same role. I think they've got a good uh, mix and match of players. And of course, Will Fuller, who's again, injuries is usually his number one concern, but 
my goodness, I mean, you guys know if you were to stat Will Fuller out, if you could, if you knew that he could play, let's say 13 out of 16 games, how big of a season do you think that would be? Like he, he could arguably be a top, you know, 14, 15 wide receiver. And I assume he's being drafted as a wide receiver three right now, maybe even later. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I was about to say, Will Fuller, like you said, if you stat him out 13 games, 15, 16 games a full season, he's almost averaging a touchdown a game at, at this point in his career, which is absolutely insane. So if he could stay on the field, stay healthy and stretch the field like Deshaun Watson loves to do with him, uh, the dividends are going to be there. You just have to hope he's going to be on the field. Yeah, there's uh, a few things that need to fall into place for sure, but it's it's within the realm of possibility. And right now you're getting him cheaper than you're getting the other top five quarterbacks, right? So there's a uh, there's a there's a definite plus to that. If you're if you're drafted in the back half of a startup and you get to start with Watson, knowing that he could that he has the same uh, potential to be the overall QB one this year that the Mahomes and and Lamar have I think that's a I I think that's a good thing yeah and uh talk about quarterbacks could have a similar season as Mahomes and Lamar uh this guy's upside for fantasy at least in my eyes is there especially with their newly newly added Stefan Diggs and I'm talking about Josh Allen I was the only one that had him in their top six Actually, it looks like Billy has him in his top six. I don't know if it's still current, um, but uh, I am a big fan of Josh Allen. He was quarterback seven last year in uh, standard scoring leagues. Uh, Adding Stephon Diggs, I think that's going to vault him up at least one more spot, the quarterback six at the very least. Um, they're going to take away Frank Gore, and that's only going to make their offense more productive as well. Uh, I'm buying Josh Allen at his current ADP. If I'm in a super flex league and I am in the late second, early third, and Josh Allen's there, uh, I'm definitely smashing him in that situation. Uh, Billy, why are you so high on Josh Allen? Um, I think I'm going to come down a little bit on Josh Allen, but I do like Josh Allen's rushing floor. Uh, I repeat this over and over and over again. The way the NFL is going, you have to have a rushing quarterback. Uh, on your fantasy team. If you look at the top 10 quarterbacks, I think Matthew Stafford is the only like person that is the statue type of quarterback. Everybody else has some type of dual threat capabilities. And Josh Allen was one of the best at doing that last year. He calls his own number all the time. Uh, he had 22 red zone carries, which is second for quarterbacks last year. And uh, he led the quarterbacks last year with nine rushing touchdown so he's the new cam newton basically oh man cam newton's gonna be interesting in new england and yeah i agree he is the uh new cam newton he's definitely a guy that's gonna run you over as opposed to sliding or going out of bounds um for fantasy that's a little scary uh we don't want you to kind of run the people over because more often than not you're gonna get injured especially if your quarterback's gonna lay the wood on you um but the next guy on our list is Carson Wentz. I was easily the lowest on him as quarterback 12. Uh, it looks like, Blair, you are the highest on him in these rankings at quarterback 7. Um, I'm not very big on Carson Wentz. He's pretty injury-prone in my opinion. I don't like to throw out that label because it has a bad connotation to it. But if anyone deserves it, it's probably Carson Wentz. Um, they got a Jalen Rager this year, and we – Probably expect them to run a lot of two tight end sets with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Um, and for fantasy, I don't really like that all that much. That's why I have him barely as a QB1 as my quarterback 12. 
Um, what's your opinion on Carson Wentz heading in, in the 2020, Blair? Oh, I definitely think Wentz has uh, has as much elite potential as as anyone outside the top six guys. That Wentz, he's uh, he's big, he's mobile, he's in an offense that's that's very quarterback for very pass friendly, and he's got great weapons around. So, assuming that everything um, settles down with with Deshaun Jackson, that he still has him this year, that he still has the two tight ends and the the screen game that uh, that Peterson brings from the Andy Reid offense, I think that it's just a, a a great situation for Wentz. I think he had a pretty good year last year, considering the crazy number of injuries they had at uh, at wide receiver and and like you said, his uh, he's you know uh, had injuries. Uh, a, a fair bit in his career, but uh, just drafting based on his upside. If he was to stay healthy this season, I think he's uh, he's in for a really big year. Do you agree with that, Billy? Uh, and uh, yeah, I do definitely agree with that. I think Carson Wentz that is a pure upside play. If you're in a redraft type of league, you're getting them pretty late, and he has the capabilities of having that MVP season. And the MVP season that he had, look at the receivers that were on the team. Zach Ertz was by far the best pass catcher that they had on that team. And now you upgrade the whole entire offense. We still haven't seen Carson Wentz's ceiling yet. Uh, Hopefully the Eagles give him a chance to show that he can uh, shine a little bit. And I think uh, they're going to let the reins off this year because uh, they haven't added a running back yet. So it's just pretty much Miles Sanders. And hopefully not Boston Scott. I hope they don't really throw him in there. I hope it's just the Miles Sanders show. Um, the wide receiver in room, is Alshon going to be there? There's been trade rumors all offseason. We don't know if they're going to trade him or not. If COVID wasn't a thing, some team probably would have scooped him up by now. Alshon uh, is starting off the year on the PUP list. That is almost certain. I drafted him in the Scott Fishbowl. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Um, but let's move on to the next quarterback talking about Matthew Stafford. He's been uh, disrespected in the past years, but this season it looks like people finally understand what he's capable of. Before he got injured last season, he was uh, on pace to be a top five fantasy quarterback and an MVP candidate as well. The Lions started off hot last year. Then he had that back injury. So we're hoping he's going to be healthy this year. His weapons are there. They just added DeAndre Swift. So that's going to vault him up even more in everybody's rankings. Everyone loves Matthew Stafford. Um, Everyone loves Kenny Gotti. We're hoping TJ Hawkinson takes that step forward. Marvin Jones, we know what he brings to the table every year. Um, and they got a really good running back room as well with uh, DeAndre Swift and then uh, uh, Johnson as well. Uh, what's your opinion on Matthew Stafford heading into 2020, Billy? I love Matthew Stafford heading into uh, 2020. I'm trying to find his stats from last year. There was – a nice one, but uh, I th- I think it was his uh, deep targets or it was something like that. But with the offense that they have uh, and the defense, how bad that defense is, they're going to definitely put that team in a bad situation where Matthew Stafford's definitely going to have to uh, chuck the ball. The only thing that I don't like about Stafford, he doesn't give you any rushing upside, but out of the statue quarterbacks, he's definitely one of the first ones that I would take off the board uh, right behind Matthew, uh, Matt Ryan, actually. I would take Matt Ryan just a tad bit over uh, Stafford, but I do love Matthew Stafford, and you got to love his passing options as well. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's why people are so high on him is because his upside there. We know what he brings to the table inside the pocket. Um, and he's been delivering that pretty much since he came into the league. Um, now, our next quarterback is a new quarterback entering the league. And uh, Blair is the lowest on him, uh, probably because he's a rookie. Um, Blair, you got him at quarterback 15 in these rankings. Uh, the only You and Billy were actually the only ones that put him not as a QB1. Um, so, Blair, why do you see him so low? Now, I did uh, move him up to quarterback 12 in my latest ranking. So I guess he would technically just be be sneaking in. Uh, but yet yeah, you're you're 100% right. It's uh, just the reservations I have about him about him being a rookie and just the the risk that that comes with it. I don't think any prospect no matter how good they are guaranteed to be a uh, a top 10 NFL quarterback. And you know, maybe I'll be changing my tune. Uh, a few weeks into the season when he shows what he can do. But I just wanted to uh, have a little bit of reservation in there. I did think that um, that it was uh, probably unfair to have him behind some more um, stable options because I think part of being a rookie is that he does have that that unknown, that untapped upside that maybe he doesn't just struggle. Maybe he turns out to be an incredible, incredible player. And, and I think it would be a mistake to pass up on that opportunity for someone that you is just a known mid range QB two, which is kind of where I had him ranked before. So I just wanted to reflect that, uh, that, that he's a guy worth, worth taking a chance on just maybe not quite as high as, uh, as a lot of people out there would. Let's just say in my two quarterback super flex league that I'm currently drafting in, he went first round. Yeah, that's a yeah. Obviously, the crazy. league format has something to do with it, but yeah, it just shows it only takes uh, one person. Baker was being drafted there uh, last year as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, totally. Um, let's hope he doesn't. Well, let's hope he has a rookie year like Baker, but let's hope he continues the upward trend, unlike Baker. Um, yeah. Now, this next guy, Billy said he was already previously high on. We're talking about Matt Ryan. Uh, Billy, you were the highest on him out of all the rankers here on the uh, fantasy forecast. Um, is that just because he's proven or is it just because the weapons around him or is it just a combination of everything? I think it's just a combination of everything. Uh, I love the weaponary core that they have out there. Um, it's not too deep, but it's good enough to get the job done. A little bit of Julio, uh, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, and I think the Hayden Hurst for Austin Hooper move was a really good uh, franchise salary cap move. And then the Todd Gurley addition will boost their offense just a tad bit more because he, he's a pretty good pass catcher himself. And I think Matt Ryan can definitely uh, get it done. He's just, just doesn't give you that rushing upside, but I like him more than just a uh, – I think he's safer than Wentz and has shown it more than Baker. And Stafford still on the fence about uh, – I came up into a couple of my drafts, and one of my drafts I draft Stafford – and the other draft, I drafted Brian. So, mm-hmm. no, that's, 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 that sounds that. legit. Yeah, I'm gonna say they're both pretty similar. Uh, they're both gonna bring you the high upside weeks where they're gonna get three touchdowns, four touchdowns, and then they might have their off weeks when the offense just isn't clicking. Um, but let's move on to the next one, and that's Daniel Jones. Um, I was, me and Billy were the lowest on him. Uh, Danny Dimes, I mean, he was a turnover machine last year, but he also somehow some way still got positive games he was still being a quarterback a high-end quarterback to finish after he was had three turnovers a game just because he had that volume 
they were just dumping the ball off to Saquon or dumping the ball off to uh, uh, Evan Ingram or whoever else was catching the ball last year. Um, Billy, what are you, what's your opinion heading into 2020 with Daniel Jones? Because it's a big question mark. They got a new coach there. Uh, the weapons are pretty average outside of Evan Ingram and, and Saquon, in my opinion. Um, what's your opinion on that? I think I need to move up Daniel Jones a little bit. Um, he's a perfect quarterback target for redraft leagues. I was looking at that uh, earlier today. His He has that uh, sneaky rushing floor that nobody has really given him credit for. And if yeah. he can just cut down on the turnovers, just anything cutting down on the turnovers, uh, he, ha- he reminds me a lot of uh, Jameis Winston but with a better rushing floor. So I'm in on uh, Daniel yeah. Jones this year. Yeah, that I think that's a, re- that's a really good uh, point. He's got, uh, like you said, the, the the rushing upside, but he's also shown some really high-end flashes. Like he's not afraid to make the perfect throw to a receiver. You know, he, he trusts his, his guys. And so obviously he, he definitely had some speed bumps. Like he, he got thrown into the fire his, his first year when a lot of people thought he might not have been ready. And I think, after his first couple of games, it started to look that way. So we'll, we'll see what he, uh, how he comes out. I, I remember that Jones has a, a pretty tough schedule to start the season, I think. But I agree completely that he's a guy that down the stretch, you know, could be a guy that you pick up off waivers that could be uh, helping carry you to a title with 25 points a game if he's if he's playing some softer pass defenses and is uh, and is rushing the ball a lot if the team, especially if they get into any shootouts. Mm-hmm. And I agree with both of those uh, perspectives. Uh, the upsides there, like Billy said, you just got to cut down on the turnovers. And if he does that, he's going to be a high in QB2, low in QB1 yeah. possibly this year. Yeah. Uh, with our next quarterback coming in at consensus 13.2, Jared Goff. I was the only one to put him in the top 10. I'm high on Jared Goff. Uh, was top three in passing yards, passing attempts. Um Basically everything passing wise besides touchdowns last year. Volume, um, volume, volume, right? Let's say he wasn't very efficient in the red zone, but the volume's going to be there, and it's only going to go up with Todd Gurley gone. They're not going to hand the ball off more with Todd Gurley gone, in, in my opinion. They're more likely to just drop back and pass sixty times a game now, um, like they were doing last season sometimes, yeah. which is absolutely crazy. Um, but I'm buying Goff for like what Blair said. The volume is going to be there. That's why he's in my top 10. Um, Robert had him at quarterback 17. That's just blasphemous. He's lucky he's not on the show. Um, now, Billy, do you think that we saw in 2020, do you think we're going to get the 2018 Jared Goff where he was a top five quarterback or the 2019 Jared Goff where he was a fringe QB1, uh, more likely in the QB2? Um, I don't know how to feel about Jared Goff. I feel like he's a fraud. I feel like everyone was hyping up this Rams offense a couple years back, uh, and it just hasn't been as good as everybody has wanted to be. And uh, there's a couple of things I don't like about Jared Goff. He finished number three in danger plays, number seven for interceptable passes, number 22 for money throws. But the only thing that I really do like about him was the uh, finish number three for passing yard. So he's definitely shown some type of upside to get the money that he's being paid. But I still feel like Jared Goff's a fraud. I think it's the only reason he's not ranked a lot higher, right, is that he he is for sure, uh, to an extent, a product of the system that they have there, right, which is 
the really fast paced, a ton of throwing. And I think the, uh, the O-line troubles that they've had there last year that they didn't the, the yeah. couple of years before that aff- affected him, like his game and the way that the team had to call plays a lot. And so I think that, uh, I think his floor because of the passing yards that he gets is, is, is pretty huge. So I, th- I think he's ranked in a good spot. It seems like we all uh, seem to be pretty similar on him uh, outside of Robert and Robert probably has a lot of the same concerns that Billy does. Cause who knows, you know, when it, it, things change fast in the NFL, maybe in two years, Jared Goff isn't playing for McVay and they've drafted a new quarterback. And all of a sudden uh, this, this guy that you've picked as a high end QB two is just another guy. You know, I, I think that's a, uh, a legit concern that, uh, that, that makes bumping Goff, that keeping him lower than guys like Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford that people know are pretty good professional quarterbacks that their team isn't going to get rid of. I think that's the, the difference between them in the in the ranking. That's that, that's the reason for the disparity. And I agree. Uh, Jared Goff, he has that long-term security. That's why, I mean, he just signed that extension last year. If he didn't sign that extension, I think a lot of people would be a lot lower on him but with all that guaranteed dollars, we at least know he's going to be there for this season and the next. Um, after that, we'll see. But uh, paired with Sean McVay, it's hard to not buy Jared Goff. And our next quarterback is 13.7 consensus rank. We're talking about Tua. We were all over the place on Tua. Um, the highest ranking was 9. The lowest ranking was 17. Um, so it was pretty all over the place, but I think we all know the upside that Tua brings to the NFL. Uh, his weapons in Miami aren't the best. I would say it's bottom 10 uh, weapons in the league. The best weapon he has, there's Devontae Parker. After that, it's probably Mike Gusecki or maybe Preston Williams. Um, so it's not looking good for him if he does play his rookie season. They got uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick there, so we don't even know if we're going to see him in 2020. But we know in 2021, uh, he's going to be the hot commodity. Him and Trevor Lawrence are going to be battling about which one's going to be the quarterback to buy heading into 2021. Um, What do you think that two is going to bring? Do you think that he's going to play this year, Blair? Or do you think he's going to be riding the bench? Yeah, I think he's going to get in the lineup at at some point. I think it's inevitable. It it seems like uh, the last five years, like more recently, the the QBs have been put into the lineup even earlier than they were before that. He, he's a high first round pick. And as long as his health checks out, as soon as Fitzpatrick has a bad game and a half, uh, that's, that's going to be it. He's going to get yanked and two is going to be in there. And so it, it all depends how high your evaluation of him as a, as a prospect is like, I, I don't uh, love, love him, but I definitely don't, don't hate him either. I think he's a, uh, a smart, pretty accurate pro quarterback that, that can come in and and run an offense. I'm just not uh, necessarily sold on a uh, on a huge upside, but uh, I guess I'll, I'll know a lot more after uh, after this season. We'll see how he does when he uh, when he gets thrown in there and I have a better idea. What's your opinion on uh, Tua, Billy? Uh, Tua for Dynasty, I really do like his uh, upside because uh, he has the Konami code dual threat capabilities to uh crack into the uh top five quarterbacks but uh redraft i don't want any parts of it um you can honestly make a case for uh ryan fitzpatrick Uh, i've been seeing him on a couple of people's back end of their uh rosters deep deep in uh dynasty leagues to get a couple weeks out of him 
But um, I do like uh, Tua. I have him ranked number 17, so one behind Daniel Jones, one ahead of uh, Ryan Tannehill. Interesting. I like that. All right, so let's move on to the next one. Baker Mayfield, oh, how the mighty has fallen. Highest ranking was number eight for Shane. Lowest ranking, 21 for Robert. That's crazy. He came in at 14.2. We were all over the map on Baker Mayfield. Uh, The upside's there, but the offense isn't really – it's not going to be in his favor with Kevin Stefanski with them going to be so run heavy. Um, they have weapons all over the map with the cream hunt and Nick Chubb in the backfield. They got uh, David and Joku and they got uh, Austin Hooper in the tight end room. And then with the wide receiving core, they got uh, OBJ Jarvis Landry and they now have my favorite rookie number three wide receiver, Donovan people Jones. Um, so the offense is there for Baker. What's your opinion on Baker heading into 2020 uh, Billy? I love Baker. Baker's one of my uh, QB targets this year. Um, I, there's just something I can't buy the Odell price. I don't like Jarvis too much. Hooper isn't a buy for me. Uh, so I'm getting all the Baker Mayfield I can. I think I literally have him on every one of my teams. He's fell to me. Um, it's a very weird, weird, weird thing to say. But uh, Baker Mayfield, everyone was hyping him up last year, but – uh, things didn't go as planned, and I think we're just a year off on the Baker Mayfield hype train, and it's going to come this year, man. He's he's definitely a uh, hot commodity for the future because uh, what don't you not like about the team? They addressed everything that they needed to address. They got offensive line. They got more pass weapons. They have the depth. It's finally the Browns aren't about to be – dog shit team that we all remember them as being. I think it's going to be weird for fancy owners to uh, not think the Browns is the worst team in the football league anymore, but the Browns can honestly fight for a uh, wild card spot this year and how bad the AFC is. Yeah, it's a, it's all about uh, Baker this year. That's for sure. It's uh, it's definitely put up for shut up time, right? He's got a great situation, great supporting cast. I don't think there's a more um, – quarterback friendly scheme uh to make a quarterback uh look good in real life than than the wide zone heavy on play action scheme that baker's going to be playing in so he has to perform i i have a couple concerns about him because i i want to say that in dynasty i think it's going to help that he's got the the easy schedule that we uh talked about earlier in the podcast but man i could not say if i had to bet a thousand dollars on it that Baker Mayfield would 100% even still be the uh, the Cleveland Browns starter two years from now. I think if he if he bounces back, like uh, terrific, right? But he's got a new coaching staff in there. Um, he's got again not a great quarterback, but a guy experienced in that scheme, experienced with that coach behind him. That if Baker wets the bed a little bit five or six weeks into the season, and he's had three or four bad games, I think there's a legitimate chance that the Browns could just turn to Keenum and go from there and and give another quarterback a chance with a stack supporting cast. And it, it's just a, a concern of mine that uh, I think like what you're talking about, Billy, if he, uh, because he is falling down boards so much at a certain point, his, his upside 
becomes worth taking a chance on too, right? And so that that's kind of how I'm looking at Baker. He I absolutely would not want to reach for him. But if he started getting into the the late teens, where you're looking at other quarterbacks like uh, guys like Rogers, Drew Locke, uh, Tannehill, yeah, I'd I'd probably like to take Mayfield over those guys because if he does get it figured out, if he's a a really good fit for this new scheme, then uh, then yeah, he he could take off and uh, start getting back towards the quarterback that everyone thought he was going to be 12 months ago. Yeah, and it's crazy that we haven't even discussed Aaron Rodgers yet. We're at QB 15 right now, and Aaron Rodgers' name hasn't came up. We'll see when he does. The next quarterback we're talking about is Drew Locke. Um, he has that big arm, that young talent. They just brought in Melvin Gordon. They really revamped that whole offense this offseason, uh, bringing in Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler as well as Melvin uh, Gordon. So it's going to be interesting to see if Drew Locke takes that step forward like we all plan. He, I mean, we've we've labeled a couple guys this season's Baker Mayfield, but I think Drew Locke is ultimately this season's Baker Mayfield. Um, the hype will probably exceed what he does in 2020, but uh, and I think like Billy said with Baker, I think we might be a year early on the Drew Locke hype. Um, but I have him as QB 15. We're all, we have him between quarterback 14 and quarterback 19. So we're all pretty similar on what we think Drew Locke's going to be in 2020. Um, with all those weapons, I feel like it's going to be hard for him not to succeed. Is that kind of what you think, Billy? Um, I just like the talent of the player, uh, Drew Locke. I honestly don't think he's bad. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. And uh, if he can do a little bit, uh, a little bit on the ground, um, he could definitely fulfill what everyone thinks he's going to do. But uh, I think we are overhyping Drew Locke just a tad bit. Like you said, we might be just a year early on him. But there's a guy later on in the rankings that we'll talk about that uh, he's just been shooting up the rankings day by day by day. Oh, God, I'm scared. All right, so uh, is there anything that you have to say about Drew Locke, Blair? No, I uh, I agree with Billy for sure. You know, I think he he's got a lot of upside if he can uh, if he can put it together and have a nice year. I don't think he has huge huge upside, but as if he can prove that he uh, he belongs as a starter in the league, then uh, he'll he'll be uh, he'll be a really great value at where he's being drafted in in startups for sure. All right, so the next guy we're we'll gonna be talking about is the guy that we. Jess, we're wondering where he is at. Aaron Rodgers. I was the lowest on him, probably why he got bumped so far down. Consensus 15.8. I have him at quarterback 20. Um, low, uh, the highest on him was uh, Billy at quarterback 11. Um, uh, Billy loves the quarterbacks that are going to produce. We know what Aaron Rodgers is going to bring to the table. Um, he's going to lean on Devontae Adams again because they didn't bring anybody in. It's going to be a combination of Lazard, MVS, and uh, they got rid of Geronimo Allison, so we'll see who else is there. Um, why are you so high on Rodgers going into 2020 with the lack of options around him? Um, I would hate to disappoint you, but I do not like Aaron Rodgers for this upcoming season. Um, I think everyone else just hated him just way more than me. Um, like I, I couldn't <laughs> tell you one good thing about Aaron Rodgers for the upcoming season. Hey, you um, have him at quarterback eleven. Yeah, I have him at quarterback eleven. But I mean, who? I mean, I have him. I guess in front of Burrow, which is a little bit hot takey, and that's about <laughs> it. I mean, I, I, there's nothing really good I can say about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, 
he isn't the guy that we used to think he is. Uh, I feel bad for him. He can. He's a good real life quarterback. <laughs> for yeah, fantasy football, like have him yeah. over Daniel Jones. Yeah, for fantasy football though, I definitely uh, would not want Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the pass attempts aren't what it used to be, and the team just runs the ball so much. Um, it's honestly pretty shocking. Yeah, the one legitimate receiver on the team, right? It, uh, it's it's a tough situation. I think if there was uh, two or three good receivers there, it would be a, be a different story for Rodgers. But, yeah, he's a tough guy to take a chance on. That uh, I think if he's uh, going to have another big fantasy season left in his career, it's going to be somewhere other than Green Bay. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, we'll see what LaFleur does with the offense this year. They just added AJ Dillon and it looks like that means they're gonna run the ball even more. Um so we'll see what that means for Aaron Rodgers. To me, that's uh, the team that should be signing Antonio Brown. That that's my opinion. It seems like too perfect of a fit. As a Vikings fan, I'm fine with them not doing it. But uh, as far as a team that just uh, needs one player to get over the hump that just needs things to work for one one more season, I think that'd be a good fit. Uh, what were you going to say, Billy? Antonio does not want to play in Green Bay. That is, that, is not the, that is not the Antonio Brown environment for him. He's a he's a prima donna superstar. I love the guy. And Green Bay, I don't think he would fare well in that weather and that coaching system. Yeah, too small of a place uh, and too cold of a place probably. But I do like the fit. If it was in Miami, if it was the Miami Packers with Aaron Rodgers there, it would be game over. Yeah. Um, yeah. Move on to our next quarterback. We're talking about Sam Darnold, Um, and there was a big jump. Aaron Rodgers was fifteen point eight. Sam Darnold is nineteen point seven. So we're getting to a point where uh, there was a teardrop there, at least in our consensus rankings. Um, We're getting close to the twenties. Sam Darnold, I think he's held back back by Adam Gase. I mean, hell, they just signed Frank Gore to compete with Le'Veon Bell. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Um, their wide receivers are Brashad Perryman. They just brought brought in Denzel Mims. Um, that might be a deadly combo. Who really knows? Um, I am pretty high on both of those players, especially them being the top options. They're going to get a lot of targets. Um, Blair, what's your opinion on uh, Sam Donald? Do you think he's going to take that step forward that we all hope he does in year three? There's some potential there, but with, with the gay still around his coach and everything, I don't see the same potential as I do with, 20 or 25 other teams. I, I had him ranked number uh, like 23 in uh, in the new rankings I just put up. That's what, and that that depends. If I was in a startup and uh, I have a team that I think is going for a championship in year one, Sam Darnold's just not going to be on my team. You know, I'd, I'd rather just take someone like Breeze or Brady, who's going to uh, who's going to be a sure thing for a uh, for a, a good but not great year this year. Whereas if you're looking for someone that uh, you know could have a, a good future in the league that is going to have, uh, I, I think, put up a lot better numbers two, three, four, five years from now, kind of the way that the how uh, how Stafford uh, his career pro- progression has gone, right? Sometimes, especially with pocket passers, these guys don't reach the prime of their career until their late twenties, early thirties, right? So yeah. I think it's just a little early with the supporting cast the coaching that uh, I, I'm not going to be uh, desperate to get Sam Darnold in, uh, in any format. Yeah. I kind of feel the same way. I was really high on Sam Darnold last year, but he really didn't. I mean, he got that mono and it really set him back, but he was on fire towards the end of the season, but uh, I'm still waiting for Gase to be gone. 
Um, the next quarterback we're going to be talking about is Kirk Cousins. He's 20.3. Um, there's not much to say about Kirk Cousins other than the fact that they lost to Fon Diggs. Um, they're a pretty predictable offense. Hand the ball off to Dalvin Cook, throw it to Adam Thielen. Uh, two tight end sets um, for fantasy. He's Mr. Consistent. He's always right on the fringe of a QB one because he always plays 16 games. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see just what kind of quarterback Kirk Cousins is in 2020. Um, Billy, what do you kind of expect out of Kirk this season? Is uh, Before I talk about that, uh, isn't it crazy back in the day when he played for the Redskins and he was ranked as like a top eight to ten quarterback and nowadays uh i guess kirk cousins is everyone fe- figured out that he's a fraud but uh i think kirk cousins <laughs> is the value honestly he's the type of guy in redraft leagues that you see in your waiver wire that you get a couple games out of him uh in dynasty i think he's a good uh qb2 steady qb2 uh that you can flip in and out and uh give you week in and week out points um he doesn't have the high ceiling i'm looking at his stats from last season uh the highest game that he had was a shootout with the Eagles and the Lions, which I kind of expect. And other than that, uh, his bad performances aren't too bad. Like at worst, you're going to get seven to eight points out of him. So in a dynasty league, I can definitely see why uh, you can get Kirk Cousins. But I think there's a couple guys a little bit deeper that you can get for a little bit more upside. Like what's the difference between Kirk Cousins and Jimmy Garoppolo, honestly? Yeah, I prefer Garoppolo, to be honest. Yeah. I must say, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't let the Vikings fan talk about his quarterback. What's your opinion on Kurt? Yeah, I think Billy covered it pretty well. He's, he's a, a solid guy. He's, you know, just a great QB2 to, to throw in your lineup that you know isn't losing his job anytime soon, that he's never going to be uh, a, a top five quarterback in fantasy. He's never going to be a top 10 quarterback in real life, but he's also, he, he's, he's better than uh, what a lot of teams throw out there every season. You know, that's his, uh, that's his spot in the league and uh, I'm okay with it. But like I said, I, I don't see much upside there, especially with, with Diggs leaving. I think that's going to be a bit of a blow to his, uh, to, to some of those big long touchdowns that the cousins is, uh, is, is good at. He, he, he does have a, a really good deep ball when he's got the time and could step into a throw. He can throw a really accurate long deep ball, but with just Thielen and uh, Justin Jefferson there, I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be real tough for Minnesota to make big plays this year. So I think his uh, ceiling is going to be even a little bit lower than normal. And so is his floor, unfortunately. Now let's move on to the next quarterback. I'm talking about newly uh, contract extended Ryan Tannehill. That was kind of a surprise. Did we think that they were going to bring in Brady? Did, were they going to re-sign Tannehill? They ultimately decided to re-sign Ryan Tannehill to a shock to me and probably the majority of the people in the football community. I mean, it's hard to turn down Tom Brady. Um, he's in a very run-heavy offense He took a big step forward last year. He was pretty average in Miami, um, but he was very consistent last year. He ended up being a QB1, which was very surprising to me. I did not expect that at all from Ryan Tannehill. Um, It looks like, Billy, you're the highest on Ryan Tannehill. Do you think that he's uh, still going to be Mr. Consistent in 2020? Um, I feel like I'm the highest on Ryan Tannehill because I love, love, love AJ Brown. And uh, yeah, I think that's a, uh, I think Ryan Tannehill could have, 
come back on the efficiency and just have a little bit more consistency, no pun intended. <laughs> I like that. Okay, so uh, I mean, I – I think the same thing. Uh, will Corey Davis take a step forward? Probably not. Will AJ Brown <laughs> keep up the same efficiency? Uh, hopefully, that's what we hope. Um, Johnu Smith, he's going to take that step forward with with Delaney Walker gone. Um, the offense is going to look weird without Delaney Walker there out on the field. But I'm glad that they resigned Derrick Henry to a big contract because that, in my opinion, gives Tannehill a bump up, a little bump up as well. Um, the next quarterback we're going to go over is Jimmy Garoppolo at 20.8 consist- consensus ranking. Um, Blair, do you think that there's been a lot of rumors about Jimmy Garoppolo getting replaced? There was a lot of rumors about him getting replaced by Tom Brady. Do you think that he's uh, going to be the 49ers quarterback in the future, or do you think that they're still going to be looking for new quarterbacks in 2021? Yeah, I mean, I can't say with certainty that he's going to be there a long time, but man, he he really feels like one of the guys that is a bit of a value right now. Because like Garoppolo, he had uh, a lot of games where he just didn't need to do anything last year, where the team was just dominating, running the ball and playing defense, so there was no reason to have to to push the envelope. But man, if the 49ers are in some tighter, uh, more uh, shootout type games this year he's for sure gonna do gonna have a pretty good season like he he had a uh a, a huge game against the saints last year where he went toe-to-toe with breeze when uh when the 49ers defense couldn't stop a nosebleed i, I honestly think that garoppolo is a pretty good uh, real life a pocket passer and i think he just you know he wet the bed for a, a quarter on the biggest stage if he even wanted to be that severe with it and his reputation this offseason is has followed that right i think mm-hmm. that it's going to be almost impossible for san fran to be blowing out teams as much as they were this past year right like i want to say san fran they but they had second overall pick the year before right so they had a pretty yeah. easy schedule compared to what they're going to be this year when they're probably i i, I haven't checked it out but i'm guessing that they've got somewhere between 10 and 12 of their games against uh against playoff teams from last year right which is a it, it can be a whole different animal where where they're uh, they're gonna have to open it up a bit and it, as long as uh as long as Debo is able to come back like the it it uh it, it's a quarterback friendly system and I thought he did a pretty good job last year so if the volume increases for him I think the uh, I think he can throw an extra hundred passes and be just as efficient as he was last year so you don't really ever think about them having a bad record the year before, so the schedule reflects that the following season. And that's probably yeah. why they did do so good uh, last season. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can still compete with the elite teams that they're going to be playing. And that's a really good point to uh, give out there, Blair. So uh, let's move on to the next quarterback. We're talking about Justin Herbert, my boy. I'm glad he made it into the top 24. He checks in at 21 and a half. Um, it looks like... Uh, Shane was the highest at quarterback 15. Blair was the lowest at 25 in at least these ranks. Um, Billy, what do you expect with Justin Herbert? Uh, I know you're more of a DFS redraft guy. Do you think that he's going to see the field in 2020? Uh, honestly, the way the they've been rushing quarterbacks into starting jobs, I think we do see Justin Herbert quickly in the season. But um, – I think Tyrod gives the team the most credit for uh, getting into the playoffs. Uh, Rob always talks about if there's a 
team that would be high on Tyrod would be the Chargers because it was his former coach. So I always try to keep that in the back of my mind when I talk about Herbert. But I honestly don't think Herbert's that good of a player, but I think he would be a better fantasy option for the Chargers. Uh, so let's go, Herbert. Get in the lineup. <laughs> I like that. I mean, I'm I'm hoping Herbert plays a lot year one. I'm a big Herbert guy. Um, I had him and Tua pretty close in my rookie rankings, uh, but Tua took the nod just because the talent's there. But situation-wise, I don't think there was a better spot to land than the Los Angeles Chargers, so that's why I have him so high. Um, but the next quarterback we're going to be talking about is Tom Brady, polar opposite rookie quarterback versus guy who's been in the league for 20 years. Um, Tom Brady is interesting. He has never been in uh, this much of a stud offense. Even whenever he had Randy Moss, his targets weren't Rob Gronk, uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin with Bruce Arians at the helm calling plays. I mean, it's going to be a special year for Tom Brady if he comes out healthy slinging it around. Um, Blair, what do you think Tom Brady's going to be this season? Because he's been more of a captain checkdown in recent years, but there's no way he can do that in a uh, in an Arians offense. It's it's tough. Uh, it, it'll depend uh, whether his arm has uh, has dropped off a little bit or not. I think he he does have a great supporting cast, but I don't think he necessarily has the same offensive line that he had most of his years in New England, which for a guy like him could be a little bit of trouble. I think he's uh, he's definitely still capable of having some uh, some big games, but I can tell you if um, if if there's a, a quarterback that I'm looking to to squeeze a year or two left of juice out of, it isn't uh, it isn't Brady. It's the guy who replaced him in New England, Cam Newton or Jared Stidham. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I it, uh, redone the rankings here, and so obviously. For dynasty, it's a little tougher because Newton. It, the, I, I thought about it. It's kind of tough to keep him out of that tier with Brady, Breeze, Roethlisberger, those type of guys. But man, we talked about how important rushing upside is, especially you know when you're if you're talking redraft where your upside is everything. And if a guy doesn't work out, you can just cut him and go with someone else who's more consistent or or is uh, closer to realizing their upside. To me, Newton is. Right now, like I know, again, I'm not sure how long it's been since we've updated our rankings. But when I when I put it together today, I I ranked him as the um, QB 18 for Dynasty. I I'm a hundred percent with uh, say we really I don't think he could have filled it. Yeah, I don't think he could have fallen into a better situation than New England. And I wish I had taken him more in drafts because that was the last place that I thought that he'd end up We just figured that new England was, uh, you know, they, that they preferred their system, their way of playing football. And the fact that they were willing to reach out and uh, be able to, to design an offense around him just re reminds me of why new England is so good that they're <laughs> just on a different level of thinking than everyone else that, that so with, with Brady, I think he's just fine to, to get it a year or two out of, but I, I probably prefer breeze to him for this coming season. Uh, just with uh, um, with the with the offensive line in Tampa, it, it it's a problem that New yeah. Orleans and New England don't have, and sometimes I think it's uh, very underrated for the effect it can have on fantasy compared to the uh, the skill position weapons that guys have. 
Yeah, uh, the Tampa Bay offensive line is absolutely brutal. Um, it's going to be interesting to see just how upright Tom Brady can be this year. Um, let's move on to the next quarterback. He's our 24th quarterback after this guy. We're just going to give one player that we think should be in our top 24 that is not. Um, so start thinking about that, guys. But Well, I did that early, didn't I? <laughs> Sorry, I know it's all good. Uh, I would say so. Newton Newton can be yours for sure. Um, So we're talking Drew Brees at 23.8, barely staying in our top 24. Um, Four out of the six forecasters gave him a 26 quarterback ranking. Robert was the highest at 16. Um, Drew Brees, dynasty wise, I'm pretty low on him. If we remember correctly, Sean Payton came out and said at the beginning of the offseason that this is Drew Brees' last season. He came out and said that. So, I mean, he had to get that from somebody, probably Drew Brees. Um, <laughs> so, if I was you, if I'm drafting Drew Brees, I'm stacking him with Jameis Winston because I, I feel like there's no way Jameis Winston is not at least signing and a contract extension in 2021, even if it's a small one with the saints just to stay on there. Cause he'll know the system. Um, it just, it just makes sense for them to resign Jameis Winston. Um, what do you think his prospects are for the 2020 season, Billy? Do you think that he's going to play next season as well? Or do you think this is going to be his last season? I think this is his last season. Uh, he definitely signed that. Uh, what company did he sign to, to become a uh, broadcaster for? Is it CBS? Um, I can't remember, but I definitely saw that he did he, sign to be a broadcaster. He officially signed the deal. So that's like, right. That's right. Yeah. Definitely over for Drew Brees uh, within the next two years. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he tries to come back for another season if the Saints have some type of crazy playoff run and they got pretty close because uh, James is still on a one year deal. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, in a lot of dynasty leagues, a lot of people buy Taysom Hill still. Um, but I definitely agree. I think Jameis Winston is going to be the uh, future Saints quarterback. Hopefully uh, that goes well. Uh, James is a good fancy quarterback, but real-life quarterback, I would hate to have Jameis Winston. Dude, just imagine Jameis Winston in the Saints offense. That is just sexy. Him, him throwing bombs up to Michael Thomas, I'll sign up for that any day of the week. Um, but that is the end of our top 24 um let's just take a peek at some players who didn't make it the next player on our list was teddy b then gardner Minshew, big ben roethlisberger Dwayne haskins Derek carr philip rivers jared stidham and this was updated mid-june so cam newton is pretty low um because he was a restri- he was unsigned whenever he updated these uh, but we're going to update them again here soon hopefully uh, who's one player you kind of teased this earlier who's one player that you think should have been on this list billy uh, Gardner Minshew, if you want to win fantasy football leagues for the upcoming season, Gardner Minshew is the guy. Uh, the Jaguars' defense is getting even worse. Their offense is getting better. They're adding more and more and more weapons. Uh, one thing that we harped a lot on this episode is the rushing upside that you want out of your quarterback. And Gardner Minshew finished uh, number six for carries last year, number 11 for red zone carries, and finished fifth for rushing yards for all quarterbacks last year. And Gardner Minshew, you multiply that by a full game of the season, man, upside is just there. Him and Patrick Mahomes, I think, are the only quarterbacks in a certain stat or something like that. And it yeah, just it shows like downfield completion, I think. Downfield completion. It just shows the upside that uh, – 
Gardner Minshew has for the future. I'm stacking him and uh, DJ Chark in a lot of my redraft leagues this year. I'm telling you, Gardner Minshew is the quarterback that you want to win your fantasy football leagues in 2020. I will say this uh, for Shane whenever he listens to this. Billy and Bolero both higher on Gardner Minshew than you in your ranking, Shane. So I don't want to hear anything about you being so high on Gardner Minshew whenever you don't want to step up to the plate and rank him the highest in the forecaster group. Uh, now, Blair, you kind of gave away your secret earlier, but uh, yours is going to be Cam Newton. You kind of yeah. uh, elaborated on it earlier, but is there anything else that you'd like to add on that? Um, I, I just think that, that getting to land with that kind of coaching staff is going to be great for Cam. The fact that he doesn't have a whole ton of weapons is almost uh, a, a good thing to me because it tells me that they want to use him the way that he's traditionally been used, that at the end of the day, he can go out there and they, you know, Cam Newton is an amazing quarterback because of his rushing ability. And if he's relatively healthy and, you know, but hopefully they uh, work on it with the, with him in practice to not be taking as many hits. I, I think it, you'd be real hard pressed to, from the quarterbacks. Um, you know, I think Gardner was a really good one, like, like Billy brought up, but when you're talking about quarterbacks ranked 15th and lower, how, how many other guys have that, uh, potential like history and potential of uh of finishing top five like newton has yeah and i agree with that um so blair said cam newton billy said gordon Minshew. i'm settling on big ben roethlisberger adam at quarterback uh, yeah. 30 but i mean if he does play the, a full season this year um with juju james washington deontay johnson there they also brought in uh eric ebron as their tight end i think eric Ebron's going to be a monster in the red zone I mean, they gave the ball to Vance McDonald time after time, and I think Eric Ebron is significantly better than uh, Vance McDonald. Um, so I'm going to be buying Big Ben. Uh, if James Conner's healthy a full season, I think that's only going to help uh, Roethlisberger. Uh, before his elbow got hurt, they were chucking the ball 45, 50 times a game, and I don't see that changing. Uh, you know, he came out and said previously earlier on in the offseason that this is the most healthy he's been. Um, he looked good in the video. He looked like he slimmed down a lot. Um, so I'm excited to see what Big Ben looks like this upcoming offseason. Um, but that is the end of our top 24. Uh, we went through 1 through 24 and each gave a player that we think could be in the top 24 as well. Um, so I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Now, Billy, uh, you and Robert have a show on Wednesday, the Dynasty Force podcast. Um, so if you're listening to this, make sure to look out for that as well. They're going to be uh, coming out on Wednesday. And me and Shane, we got a podcast, uh, the Dynasty Vision, coming out tomorrow night. So look out for that as well. Um, it could be seen on all of the podcasting networks and also on YouTube as well. So look out for that. We want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on all listening platforms that you're currently listening on or watching on as well. Um, if you're watching on YouTube or on Twitter, thank you guys for following along. If you're listening on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anything of those uh, nature, thank you as well. Blair, Billy, is there anything else you guys would like to add before we sign off? No, uh, sir. Just looking forward to, to listening to you guys this week. I'll catch you later. Sweet. Hey, thank you guys for listening and thank you guys for uh, sticking along with us this full uh, hour and 15 minutes. Hopefully we uh, gave you guys a lot of quarterback information next week. We're coming at you with our top 24 running back rankings. So look out for that. Thank you guys and see you guys next week.